Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis. Welcome to another edition of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me, as always, is the director himself, Mr. Paul. Wait for it, Jameis. Paul, our good friends, or friends isn't the right word, the people over at PETA, they're at it again. Well, hopefully yeah. by now, when this releases, the Braves will have taken care of the cheaters, the Houston Astros. <laughs> But because the World Series is here and it is forefront on our minds, Pedia again, is thinking of the animals and their feelings and how we need to protect these feelings. They have a problem with us calling the place where the pitchers go to warm up. We can't call that the bullpen anymore because apparently that is offensive to bulls. So what they are requesting is that we use arm barn instead. But what about the animals that live in a barn? I don't know. You better get out there to the arm barn. Get your arm warmed up out there in that barn. I understand that I am going to have to learn a new vocabulary. I'm going to have to learn new team names. Some of them very personal to me, but uh, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> this one's not going to be easy to swallow. You better head out to that barn and warm up your arm. All right. With that, this week, we have actually a special episode for you. We stumbled across something out in the field. We have a case history that we're going to explore, a 20-year fireproofing case history, and the results are actually quite phenomenal. I'm not just overselling this. Check it out. Here's our interview. All right. Joining us this week on the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, we have two wonderful gentlemen from the great state of Texas. Okay, state of Texas coming on to talk to us about. (laughs) We've all talked about the state of Texas before. We know what that's going on. Yeah, we'll call it the mediocre state of Texas up here in northern Alabama. But we want to talk to them specifically about something that has gone on recently. We did a test of a 20-year-in-service product, and it's really great. So first, Dwayne Lum, who's a strategic account manager for us here in Carolina, also joining us this week is... Cabot Wilkinson, and he's a business development manager for us here at Carbolite. I will fix this later. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. I feel honored to be a guest on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Look forward to talking. Yeah. So first, I want to kick it over to Dwayne, and I want to talk about this case history that we have going. Thanks, guys. Glad to be with you. I've been admiring your podcast for a long time now. Yeah, as you stated, Jack, my title is Strategic Account Manager. What that means, I call on oil and gas owners. I look at my role as sharing best practices between what I see at facilities in the field and with the corporate offices, and also work with corporate specifiers to make sure their specifications are up to date and answer any technical questions they may have. And this story goes back probably a year and a half, two years ago, I was visiting a corporate office of a major oil refiner based in the U.S. They're a global company, but they are based in the U.S. My good friend Cabot couldn't join me because he is in airport, so he is on the phone. And anyway, we're in this corporate office with our local rep meeting with their risk engineering group. These are the folks who decide in their facilities what needs to receive fire protection and also how long of our rating it needs. 
And then just the conversations get to know you. This uh, gentleman said, I'm thinking about really leaning toward one specific fire protection and asking why. And he said, actually, it's one of your products that are leading me to this direction. Says, we have an application on the Texas Gulf Coast, your product and service for 20 years. There's been no maintenance done on it. And I was like, really? We know it's a great product when applied correctly, but mm-hmm. I, I just mentioned, I said, I would love to see that. I see a yeah. lot of applications right after application, but I haven't seen one in an operating unit that I, I recall 20 years later. Yeah, that's one of the biggest misnomers that people think we see these things 20 years later and we don't get to very frequently. And so <laughs> yeah, when we do, no. it's really awesome to, to get to see those things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you go into a facility and you're looking around, you say, oh, whose product is that over there? And they're like, I don't know, but that was here before I got here. <laughs> or all those guys have retired. But he, he made the comment, that how well this system was doing in service. And I just said, man, I'd love to see that. He said, well, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be at the facility for an audit the following month. So we coordinated and I met him there with our local rep who had a good relationship with the local facility folks and the contractors nested in the facility. I think we should hit on too is where this uh, facility was located. This is unbelievable. The fact that we're getting called into this facility to look at a product that's yeah. been installed for 20 uh, years. Unbonus to us, we had an idea of where it was on the Gulf Coast, but how close was this processing unit to the bay? I would say that this was a, a coker unit that the fireproofing was applied to. The coker unit was, they started construction in 2000 or so, and it went, this, went operation in 2003, and it is sitting probably within 100 to 200 yards of Galveston Bay. It's wow. right on the bay system. And uh, if you're familiar with this part of the Texas Gulf Coast, you have a prevailing wind from the south probably 70, 80% of the year. So it's not only sitting right on Saltwater Bay, right off the Gulf of Mexico, but it also has a prevailing wind that's constantly blowing that moist salty air onto everything around there. So it's a very corrosive environment. So along with hurricanes, winds, floods, before most of people realized it, Houston even freezes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. getting dirty. It yeah. does. It does. You have to experience the freeze issues here in the last 12 months. I, I think that horse has been fed, but I think it has. We, but I'm going to keep feeding. <laughs> it's still impacting that's why there was something right. else that i noticed that you said too that is it should not be overlooked as well coker unit there's yeah. fallout in the air like it's yeah. not just salt there's chemicals too and 20 years later we're going there to see how awesome it still is it's yeah. phenomenal yeah yeah it's pretty awesome as far as the freezing we don't believe in insulating anything so that down here as well. So. Right. We know. <laughs> so it's two days of uh, temperature below freezing is disaster here. It does happen. But actually, to your comment about hurricanes, and I looked it up, and this facility has been in the past of several major hurricanes in the last 20 years, probably eight to 10 tropical storms, major weather events. And so when we got on site to walk through the unit, I was amazed. When you're looking at it, 
the finish coat. They hadn't even put a, a updated the finish coat on this product. It was chalked and cracked in places. But the amazing thing was this whole unit, I could only find probably a total of one to two square feet of corrosion if you add it up. It was five to six areas of very minor corrosion. Wow. And every one that I could find had something that had been attached to it post-application that added a way for the moisture to migrate into it. Say, like they bolted on a bracket to hose a hose or equipment box or something like that. So it was really amazing. And so while we were there, I talked to the owner representatives. I told them, I said, I know this is a great product, but this is amazing when you consider the environment it's in, the age, and how little, zero maintenance, and how little overall corrosion was there. I said, hey, I would love to get samples of this because we keep samples, we but sure. not from an operating unit. Factoring, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I would love to get samples sent to our lab for their evaluation. We'll pay for the repairs if we can have the samples and we'll share all the information with you. As bureaucracies go, it took a while to get all the things lined up. But we got with a contractor that's nested in this facility with the ownership, and we did it. We did some repairs. We got some samples sent to our new fireproofing lab. And the first thing off the bat, when they're removing the samples, it was difficult because the adhesion was so well. So right off the bat, we could tell physically it was still very well adhered. It was in very good physical shape. But... You might be asking, what fireproofing are we talking about? I was just thinking, we're getting to the point where we got to tell the people. We've been trying to build the excitement. Yeah, yeah. But right. we're going to talk about the testing and how we validated that this fireproofing was still not only in place and protecting from corrosion, but was still providing a valuable fire protection. So, Cabot, why don't you tell us a little bit about the product that was in place and then we'll get to and come back around and talk about the testing of the product that validated its performance. Yeah, absolutely. I know the suspense has been killing everyone. So we'll build it up a little bit like we have been. The product that we're talking about is our Thermalag 3000. Granted, I would call it, that's a one of our legacy products. It's a 22-year-old product in our product category. One of the first intumescent products, epoxy intumescents, released out in the market. And the beauty about this product, we have over 15 million square feet a protected surface area over the past 22 years and it's and still growing. The one thing that I do want to point out as well is that Dwayne made a mention that the top coat was alligatored, it was chalking. That's it talks about the importance of the, the whole we do primer, we recommend primer, mid coat, top coat. Uh, and the top coat was doing exactly what it was supposed to do. It's a sacrificial layer over that fireproofing material to make sure it stays in in, in a workable. Back to the story that Thermalag 3000, it's one of our, it's a heavily tested epoxy intumescent, great reputation within the industry. It's, again, has a history, but to date, we've had zero claim with cohesive or bond disbondment issue. What can we say more about this product? We were a little shocked that we got invited in, but it was great to see uh, a product in an existing operating unit working and doing the job that it was intended to do. All right. So now that we know it's an epoxy intumescent, let's talk about how we validated that. It's still performing as intended, as designed, as it was put in place 20 years ago. Yeah, we got the sample when we were doing the repairs. We, we got the samples we sent to Carboline's Fire Lab and R&D Center. And uh, they took these samples and they used them as a mold 
to, to make a form to put new material, brand new material in and form it up the same thickness. So it's basically you had two different test samples, one the old original 20-year-old material and a brand new manufactured Thermalac 3000, same size and thickness. They put it in a furnace together and did a burn and then they did a, if I can pronounce it right, a, grav, a gravionic <laughs> analysis. Thermogravimetric analysis. The yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, which, is, which is something that we do on all of our routines. So when we make a batch of material, we will always cast the material and we'll make sure that it, it performs within a tolerance. It's not a new test to us. There's a written procedure that gives us some good analytics behind it. Yeah, so they run these tests, which we do, like Cabot said, that comp you, you do that to, to test each batch. But this was testing a new batch to one that's over 20 years old. And then we graphed the results together. The graph line was almost identical. The char depth and density were almost identical. We expected good results, but this really, to me, was just incredible that after 20 years in this environment that the uh, fire protection is identical to when it was applied and an initial cured. So it really is an amazing testament to how this product has aged over the lifetime of this system. And when we shared this information back to the owner, of course, they were very pleased and all, but the end summation of this or conclusion was if they just go back and put another finish coat to protect, to give some UV protection to that system, there's no reason they can't get another 20 years out of this system. That is truly amazing performance. And ironically, I know the timing isn't totally there, but one of the chemists from our fireproofing lab was just sending me an instant message while we're recording. She has no idea what we're doing, but I just got an instant message from her. And she was one of the ones that we did our tour when we went into the fire lab and remember Jack, when we set up those tests yep. and we were recording the furnaces kicking on mm -hmm. and the thing going on. Yeah. She was just texting me, asking me a question about something else. That's so, funny. Yeah. <laughs> Cause this is, I think this when is one of her products. Their ears perk up like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, can, they can hear us. They're like, what? I think, oh, Rippy's knocking on my door right now. <laughs> guys, here comes Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, guys, this is great. I think one of the things that we need to talk about real quick before we wrap it all up, we talked about char depth being identical. Why is that so important? Yeah, I think that proves that the product will perform as intended. The one thing that we noticed when we plotted it on a graph is that it actually had a better density. It, had, it was a more dense mass than the virgin material. What could explain that? Maybe weather exposure, who knows? But when we plotted it against the virgin material, it actually was more dense, which means that it's just as good a, or if not better, insulated property. So when the product, ex it expands in intumescence, and the biggest thing that it does is it creates a, an insulated barrier between the fire and the steel. So it Absolutely. sounds like we just need to go back, buy the material now, go back 20 years and apply it. We're all set. Boom. We're done. <laughs> We're all set. I'm not sure what that does for this year's profit margins, though. That no, we buy it this year. You have oh, to buy, buy it this, it this year, year and then you go back. Okay. Those numbers you. look great. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I'm really glad that you guys found this story and were able to share it with us, share it with our listeners. Thank you very much for coming on the show, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Jack, thank, thanks for having us on and having me on. Let's not be a stranger. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. It's in the 50s here in Houston, so winter's upon us. 
<laughs> we, we, the we, we break out the parkas at, at 50 when we, we hit the 50. Yeah, it's 50 here too. So <laughs> same. At least we know the fireproofing will be working. That's right. <laughs> yeah. hey, did you did you get the parkas for the power generators yet? Not yet. They're coming. Okay. They're on orders. Uh, they're they're sitting in a container off off the coast of California. Of course they are. <laughs> they're five, 45 deep. Anyway, for that. I'm Jack. We have Cabot, Dwayne, and Paul and I will see you in a couple weeks. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. And so, for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for your support. support.